0: Greetings Grapple fans and welcome to this very special Wrestlemania reaction edition of the uh, the Pro Wrestling Index podcast right here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. And that is quite a mouthful when you're really, really tired. You haven't had much sleep. And you've sat through seven hours of wrestling. There you go. (laughs) There's a story for you. I have my host, Andy Wales, of course, uh, joined as ever by my uh, audio tag team partner. Uh, He wasn't one of the hosts of WrestleMania last night, and he wasn't on the card, even though 135 of all the performers were all on the card. (laughs) He is, of course, more chatter, more Good evening, welcome to the show. And did you have a good weekend?
2: <laughs> very good, but very tiring. Um slept about 6 hours total um over the weekend, but it was worth it because we had three knockout shows out of 3, so um given that couldn't be happier. So uh it was it was a great weekend and uh sacrificing some sleep was worth it.
0: Yeah, WrestleMania really does need to be uh, sponsored by a multitude of of energy drinks, um, coffee, caffeine products, um, them tablets it used to take to keep you, what, the Pro Plus, something like that. My God, it's a sleep deprivation weekend. That's what it is to get through it all. But um, more, I mean, let's get straight to it. The, The whole weekend, not just WrestleMania itself. Because uh, we, as we record this, obviously, this is straight after WrestleMania. Uh, so, not just WrestleMania, not just NXT, but the, the entire weekend itself. When you said there, you know, three shows out of three, it, it hit the nail. You, you think it was a, a successful weekend for WWE then?
2: Oh, very, yes, absolutely. Um, obviously, three very different types of shows. One is there to recognize the past, um, NXT is there to recognize. Um, wwe future and the hall and, of fame uh, is to celebrate um, the past as well <laughs> That's, um, all wrestlemania the main show yeah past and present and um no it, it was a worry for me you know as i talked about in the preview show a couple of weeks back that uh you know the main event wrestlemania itself was becoming more about celebration of the past and the present but um, some of the outcomes of the matches certainly seem to suggest that there was an acknowledgement that perhaps. Um, you know, there needs to be more of a focus on the future rather than um, you know the bygone age and people that were relevant ten, fifteen, twenty years ago. So uh, so that that was one of the uh, other positives from uh, Sunday night.
0: Yeah, another positive I think what you you, you spoke about when uh, we recorded last week was the crowd, and I think the the crowds were absolutely uh, on song all three nights. They really were into it and. Uh, it was like a celebration, and I I enjoyed the, the crowd as much as I did the shows. I thought they were terrific, and, and I've got to agree with you. I think there were three really good nights, and it might be controversial, but I've got to actually say that, on the whole, that's probably one of the best WrestleManias I've seen, even though the build to it was uninspiring, and, and all the
2: reservations that we had beforehand, I, I really enjoyed it. Yes, yeah, so did I. I mean one of the things that I talked about on the uh pod last week was that um I thought it would be um, you know a very good show. Um, I didn't think it would be one of the best um I still don't think it is um in the top say half dozen wrestlemanians of all time um but was it you know a really good show um you know with some great moments throughout absolutely, absolutely and uh you know a- anyone who watched that show. Wasn't entertained, thought it was negative, you know, poor, had negative views about it. You know, they're perhaps the type of people that, you know, really need to be watching something else because, uh, you know, whether it was great matches, great entrances, surprises, um, you know, a spectacle, it had it all this show. And, uh, you know, it was five hours plus another two hours of the pre show. But, uh, you know, in amongst all of that, there was plenty to admire. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, uh- it it was I thought it was a
0: good show in terms of what you said you know it, it had a bit of everything in there it was much better balanced show and I think it's always a spectacle last year it was you know with with something like a hundred thousand there it was an amazing spectacle but it was I found it an underwhelming a bit of a disappointing event whereas this year in not quite as many people but it was still that magnificent spectacle and I, and the the entire event I just enjoyed it more and I, and I thought it was a better one this year so. Yeah, I've I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, obviously the Hall of Fame, you know, there's not too much to go into there other than there was some really good speeches and it's nice to see the guys, some of them guys back, especially to see Kurt Angle back with WWE. But in terms of the action in the ring, I mean, it all kicked off on, on Saturday night, NXT TakeOver. We were, before the event, a little bit sort of mixed in our uh, anticipation so to speak going ahead for it uh, thought it would be a good event but other than the three title matches it would be up to too much and i've got to say, pretty much on that way do you think more
2: yes i mean overall um i thought it was a very good show um NXT takeover events have a very very high standard and some of the ones we've had over the last couple of years have been outstanding and um you know we can all still remember the uh, Amazing match between Shinsuke Nakamura and Sami Zayn from a year ago, uh, one of the best WWE matches of 2016. Um, so comparing this against um, uh, the standards that previous Takeover events have set, um, that means that uh, it had uh, very high expectations to li- live up to. And whilst it didn't quite hit the heights of some of the very best Takeover events, I still thought it was on the whole a very good one. I mean I mean in terms of what we were expecting, I think the only slight surprise was that Asuka retained against Ember Moon. Um and I didn't think it was a particularly great match. Um but there were still plenty to, of positives on the show. I mean, I really liked the opener uh between Sanity, Tullinger Ty, Ty Dillinger rather, uh Ruby Riot, Roderick Strong, Cassiusono. Um the Alistair Black um debut was was okay. Uh, but I mean, he's capable of a lot better than that. And, um, he was against an opponent who seems to be losing interest because his push just hasn't, hasn't worked out in NXT. And then the main event I thought was, um, you know, perhaps a bit too long, but, um, on the whole, you know, really enjoyable in the end. And, um, so for, for that reason, I thought, um, it, it was strong. And obviously the, the best match on the show was quite easily the, uh, triple threat tag team contest for the NXT Tag Team Championships. And, uh, you know, really went back and forth, really didn't know which way it would go and, um, you know, easy match of the night and arguably WWE's best match of the weekend. So, um, you know, I thought, you know, despite one or two negatives, there's plenty to like about this uh, TakeOver show.
0: Yeah, I've got to agree. I thought the the women's title match was, was a bit scrappy. Um, I thought that Ember Moon was made to look quite strong, but quite interesting that uh, Asuka kept the title... And looks like a fully fledged kind of heel turn for her, and yeah, I really enjoyed the, the main event. And but like you thought that that tag team match that was just tremendous, it really was. And I've got to ask more. Do you, do you feel that that this is it now? Do you, you think r re- that's this is kind of the signal that the revival are coming up? And and do you think possibly DIY as well?
2: Um, I don't see both of them being brought up just because. If they are brought up, then um, it does leave the tag team division on NXT uh, severely weakened. So I think one of the two will come up. Um, I think it was the revival that I predicted a week or two back is the more likely pairing from NXT to come into the main roster. Um, But uh, I'm sure DIY at some point will get their chance, um, perhaps after SummerSlam. Maybe even if... You know, a draft takes place um, in terms of reshuffling the two rosters um, uh, They might even get brought up at that point. But uh, I think um, more imminently, I would expect the Revival to come up, yes.
0: Uh, Just one final one, then. Um, Shinsuke Nakamura, obviously him losing. For me, I know, obviously, we're recording this before Raw, before SmackDown, would you expect to see him on one of the two shows this weekend? Because I've got to say,
2: I, I, I certainly do. I'd be surprised if he doesn't appear. Um, you know, he's lost, um, you know, clean to Bobby Roode, and uh, now that's normally a signal that you know um, a champion, a former champion, NXT champion, is about to uh, depart that brand and head to greener pastures. So if he isn't on TV, either. You know, um, on Raw or SmackDown, then, um, you know, that, that's, um, unfortunate because, uh, you know, he's clearly an amazing talent. He's clearly got amazing charisma. He's absolutely ready to come up. I'd love to see him on SmackDown, but, um, you know, we will just have to uh, see what happens in the next 48 hours as we record this. And, um, you know, if by the end of the week he isn't, um, on the main roster, still on NXT, then, I really do feel WWE's missed a trick there.
0: Yeah, certainly it helps to make uh, Ron Smackdown a little bit more interesting, kind of guessing who will come up and, and looking out for these guys. Uh, and that takes us nicely on to you know, onto the main show. Uh, so WrestleMania has obviously started with a very long uh, pre-show. I mean, we expected sort of po- uh, perhaps four or five matches to be in this uh, pre-show with it being so long. But instead, no, just the three Um, the three matches and they dragged it out for two hours and and it was lots of promo videos that they then also put into Wrestlemania and that's that's the only sort of downside to to the show for me that you know really sort of stretching things out they they could easily have shaved an hour off the show uh, for me and it just would have run a bit smoother and I don't know that that maybe I'm nitpicking but uh, anyway what I've I've missed. I've yet to see the second half of the pre-show. I, I stayed up and watched the first hour, and I'm so glad that I was able to stay awake long enough to watch Neville and Austin Aries. We did think they would have a good match, and I do think they can have a better match than this. But I really did enjoy it. This was this was uh, for me as much as I'd like to, it to have been on the main show, and not on the pre-show. Th- this was a great way to uh, to kick the the
2: evening's action off? Yes, I thought it was. Um, I thought it was a you know, really nice opening to the show. Um, I didn't think it was a, a great match, but I thought it was a very good match. And um, you know, Obviously, Neville retained, which I think both of us predicted um, in our prediction show a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, it was the right result. Austin Aries, I think his time will come. You know, he's clearly over I think quite comfortably the most over of the cruiserweights and um, that, that's not saying much. I mean, the rest of them are um, not over in the slightest, unfortunately. Uh, but um, you know, this is a rivalry that's still got some legs to it. And uh, I think that they can stretch it out for another you know, a few weeks, a couple of months at least. And um, in amongst all of that, I'm sure that Austin Aries can uh, become the champion in fact, I wouldn't mind seeing him as a champion for a number of months as well. I'd like to see him defeat uh, Neville and um, go on a decent title run of his own, knocking back um, Hill challengers. And um, no, that that was a nice neat opener, certainly.
0: Yeah, really, really good match. I like the chemistry between them, and and Neville. God, my, I just I can't believe how good he is as a Hill. He's fantastic. Uh, next up, I have not seen this yet. And in all honesty, I have very, very little interest in watching this and I thought it was a wind up, but it actually well it supposedly happened. This this really happened. Mojo Raleigh and Jinder Mahal were the last two in a thirty three man battle royal, Andre the Giant Memorial, Battle Royal Trophy, Memorial Over the Top Battle Royal or whatever it's called.
2: <laughs> yes, um, I can't imagine many people predicted Mojo to win. Um, I'm sure the odds were long, not quite as long as Leicester winning the Premier League last season, but um, I'm sure they were still very long uh, for a WWE event. Um, I I believe that the reason why they decided to um, have him win the contest is purely because um, they were able to get his mate from the New England Patriots, um, um, Gronk, um, his, his nickname, I'm not sure exactly what his full name is, um, but apparently a well-known American football star. And, um, you know, he took part in the match, um, in an impromptu spot. And, um, I think he, uh, took down Jinder Mahal towards the end, which then led to, uh, Mojo, who's a mate of Gronk, um, eliminating Jinder. Um, what was a surprise was that, uh, Gordon Strowman was eliminated about halfway through. And, um, you know, that, that was, um, you know, a bit of a surprise because I did think that, um, they'd use this match to really, uh, put, you know, Braun Strowman over really strong, but, um, that wasn't the case. And, um, you know, he, he went out about halfway through and we were left with quite, uh, unlikely, um, few individuals at the end, including Jinder, who's quite lucky not to have broken his neck, um, after he was taken down, you know, speared, I guess, by Gronk, um, you know, hit his neck at the back of his head rather than um, on, on the bottom rope. Um, and uh, I've seen instances like that lead to people um, you know, ending up with broken necks. So uh, a bit fortunate yeah. there was uh, young Jinder. H-
0: hence why they say, you know, do not try this at home. These are trained professionals doing this. You know, it's just because you, you go barging people around out on an American football field, You know, this is, it's an art, it's a craft. And, yeah, the the less said about that battle royal, the better, probably. Um, Just a joke. Anyway, um, Dean Ambrose um, successfully defending the title against Baron Corbin. Um, I I wouldn't have expected, I haven't seen the match, but uh, in all honesty, I wouldn't expect anything from a 10-minute match between them two.
2: No, it wasn't uh, one of the better show, matches on the show. Um, you know, Baron Corbin was the one I predicted uh, would win this contest. Um, I thought he'd been looking quite impressive in recent months on SmackDown. In contrast, Ambrose has been trading water, if not going backwards. Um, you know, if you think about two years ago, I mean, the reactions he was getting were fantastic. And you know, if you look at somebody like Miz, you know, compare his reactions two years ago, you know, um, pretty poor. And, uh, in contrast now he's getting, um, you know, very strong reactions, um, almost like that of a main eventer. So it shows that, you know, with hard work, you know, you can really, um, you know, get over. And, um, Ambrose, I think has been coasting for a while. And, uh, you know, the words of wisdom that, um, Steve Austin imparted, um, on his podcast to Dean, um, haven't been, um, listened to it seems and uh you know he's he's really um, going nowhere fast so i'm surprised that he retained the title but i think that corbyn will get a chance again and um if that chance comes soon um that time he will um claim that title but no it wasn't a great match by any means and um you know didn't really do much for either person so uh, quite forgettable and um I had to actually go back and watch it again after just before this podcast just to remind myself about what happened that's how forgetful <laughs> it was
0: yeah uh, yeah the, you're right there you know the the wise words of uh, stone Cold steve austin have not been heeded and it's a shame because he's certainly got character and he's certainly got ability probably needs a bit of a character change up and um a kick up the jackson and, and he certainly he has the ability to uh to get back up there but um It's going to take uh, some some real work now. So the the first, the the opening match of the main show, uh, I expected it to be KO and uh, Chris Jericho, but it was AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. And, you know, we we weren't too enamoured about, you know, this match coming about and the the way it was built. It was a bit hokey and all the rest of it. But this match was so much better than it had any right to be. Uh, And I think... AJ Styles showed just how good he is in, in, in how we, you know, guided and and really helped Shane get through the match so much more smoothly than, than the you know the the match he had against Undertaker last year. But what what about you Mo? How how did you feel on this one?
2: I thought it was a tremendous opener. It was um, much better than I expected. Um, I thought it was I thought it would actually be a good match. I felt that um you know Shane, you know not being a worker um in this kind of match would be a kind of contest that would uh have its share of bells and missiles um to try and hide for the fact that Shane you know is certainly not a worker and certainly not anywhere near in the stratosphere of a j styles um uh, but to his credit, Shane you know um pulled out some impressive stuff in the contest and uh, they assembled it really well i mean i don't know who produced the match for them, but uh Maybe it was AJ, but, um, you know, they, they um, you know, put it together fantastically well. Execution was, you know, really good as well. You know, just a couple of minor botches here and there, but, um, nothing that was too noticeable and glaring. And, um, you know, the, uh, you know, big spots, you know, had the design effect, got fantastic reactions and, uh, you know, a couple of great near falls too. And, um, it was just, um, great to see AJ Styles win. Had he not won, had Shane gone over, that would have been a travesty. Um, but common sense prevailed. AJ came over really strong. Um, they all came out of it looking good, and um, a great way to kick off the show. Yeah, d- definitely.
0: You know, some nice little transitions in there. Like you say, a lot smoother than I expected. And and yeah, some nice big, you know, memorable spots for the for the crowd to to really pop at. Uh, but nothing too silly, which which was pleasing because uh, I don't want to see people put their lives at risk just to you know just to get the crowd to chant "You are you know this is awesome" or whatever. Uh, but well, next I was up was when,
2: um, sorry,
0: <laughs> go on, go when, on. Sorry. When
2: I saw that kind of massive ring right above the lighting rig, which was about yeah. eighty ninety feet up in the air, <laughs> I thought, "Oh my god!" Surely, oh, Shane
0: not. McMahon. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, no thankfully not. Yeah. yeah, Thankfully not. But, um, anyway, so so after that one, K.O. and Jericho. Obviously, this match has had the best build up. You know, it's been simmering for months. Been fantastic. I, I know it probably peaked about sort of two weeks ago, and, and we kind of sort of drifted a little bit since. But I I really thoroughly enjoyed this match. You know, from the entrances to. To the action, to how smooth they were with each other, to to the talking as well. You know, I, I love that Kevin Owens is so vocal when they're in the ring. I think it just kind of adds to it. I think the crowd thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And and for me, more this was just an, an enjoyable
2: experience, this match. It really was. I enjoyed the match, but I actually felt it was a letdown. Um, I had such high expectations for it. I thought it would be the WWE's best match of the weekend. And would be the best match on the show, but um, that wasn't to be in my view. Um, You know, if if I was to give it a star rating, I'd give it about three and a half, which means it's you know a very good match, Um, but certainly not a great match in my view, uh, and nowhere near a classic. And I thought that these two were capable of having a classic. You know, Kevin Owens has had so many fantastic matches over the last couple of years, and you know Chris Jericho's um, library of um, his greatest matches um, can compare with anyone in WWE history. So, uh, you know, the fact that these two had a match that was nowhere near that kind of level uh, was a disappointment. And it's not as if they weren't giving enough time. They had a 16-minute match. And in that time, they could have easily put together something really special. But unfortunately, that wasn't to be. And, um, you know, that that was disappointing. But uh, nonetheless, I was glad that Kevin Owens won. Um, It was expected, and uh, I think that he'll now go on to have a good, solid run as United States champ uh, before inevitably moving back into tight reckoning for the Universal Championship.
0: Okay. I was going to do the the two women's uh, matches together as a kind of contrast between the two. Um, I know the other one came a lot further on the card, and actually... I kind of want, I kind of need to do them together, just just to kind of really sort of demonstrate that contrast between them, and how I feel that almost like the the WWE like sees the two the two brands and the the two women's divisions within because Bailey, uh, Charlotte, Nia Jackson, Sasha Banks, that match felt like you know a genuine match like that, you know, this really means something. The other one, the SmackDown women's match felt so much more like a women's match from two, three years ago, which was always seen as the piss break, you know, to, to be quite frank. It was, it it was the lull before a big match, you know, that you'd stick it in between two big matches to give everyone a chance to go up the toilet, get a refreshment and get ready for another big match. And, and that felt, like this again to me um what about yourself more you know with these two how how different they
2: felt they did yes that's right i mean the thing with wrestlemanias is, is um they pretty much always look to have um, a match to just pull down the atmosphere what they don't like to do is to have hot matches back to back because they feel that if say that the, the semi main event just before the main event is an amazing match and it could affect the atmosphere and the crowd reactions of the main event. So, so that's the reason why they book um, a match um, before the main event to be a kind of a throwaway match, nothing too special by any means. And, um, you know, in, in this instance, it was the SmackDown Women's Championship match that they chose for that spot. Um, so whilst, you know, in terms of pecking order and billing, um, you know, the fact that it went on, um, just before the main event. Looks good, but really it's, it's not um, a compliment to SmackDown Women's Division. Um, and, and, and the matches themselves, you know, there was a clear difference. You know, the uh, Fatal 4-Way, I thought was, uh, you know, another very good match. Um, you know, Charlotte, Sasha and Bayley, um you know, well, I, I didn't think it was quite as good as the match before between um, Owens and Jericho, but um, now there's still you know, enough good stuff in this one to um, enjoy. Um, in contrast, the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match was um, barely over five minutes. Um, you know, a lot of rushed spots. Um, nothing was really given a chance to get over and really um, uh, have any kind of impact and effect. And um, the only thing I really liked was that Naomi went over. You know, She's one of my favorite uh, female competitors in the WWE. I love her entrance, love her look, um, love her energy. And, um, you know, it was was good to see her reclaim the title. But, um, yes, you know, if ever there was a case to demonstrate which of women's divisions is prioritized and also, um, whether or not, you know, having them as separate bands is a mistake. Well, I think all the evidence was there to see. And, uh, you know, it's just a shame that it looks like they'll be kept as separate um couple of divisions rather than just one unified division on one of the brands. And uh until they are kept separate then um you can only um expect more um disappointing uh programmes and feuds coming out of the women's division because um I certainly don't think they're gonna sacrifice the women's division on raw um at the expense of um what's always been the B Show SmackDown.
0: Yeah, six you know six women, five minutes, and such a big emphasis on Naomi. It's just you know it's not they're not going to get much in there. I know obviously it gives them they all get a chance to be out there and they're great for them that they get their moment and everything. But it's just a shame that it doesn't really sort of elevate that division on that brand. It's it's such a shame compared to the other one that looks so much stronger. We've had the discussion before and I'm sure we'll have it again. If you know, bring them both together, have one really strong women's division and really build for the future and expand it when it when it can do. But, um, you know, we, let's not go back over that whole ground right now. Anyway, look, the probably the biggest pop of the night was what came up next the raw tag team titles, uh, Gallows and Anderson defending against Cesaro and Sheamus, and Enzo, Mori, and Big Cass in a triple threat tag team ladder match, except out come our hosts once again, it's not actually a triple threat tag team match and I like the fact that the crowd were, re- they were already onto this they were already starting and they actually did it on, I think it was on the, the Hall of Fame night when someone mentioned the Hardys and the crowd started shouting delete, delete, delete as soon as New days were starting the announcement, the crowd were giving it delete, delete, and water pop. More water pop. The Hardys returned. I was not expecting them to return at WrestleMania, I've got to say.
2: Absolutely. Um that was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> and I think um you know that the leader of AI, one Gags Tandon, um <laughs> probably um it got it probably got too much for him, the excitement, because uh, you know, that's something he'd been um hoping for all weekend, you know, he'd been tweeting about it. He'd been sending us messages on WhatsApp and, um, you know, he was really, really hoping that Matt and Jeff would be returning it, uh, WrestleMania. I just didn't think that would happen. I thought possibly they would appear on raw Smackdown, but certainly not mania. And, um, indeed they did. And, um, the reaction is you say, you no, know, if there was a roof on that building, it would have blown off the roof, the whole building because, um, that was a gigantic reaction, um, you know, akin to um, the likes of Stone Cold and The Rock when they made appearances in WrestleMania in the last two or three years. It was fantastic. And the, the match itself was superb too. I, I thought it was um, just about match of the night, actually. Um, you know, some really good action. Um Not one of the great ladder matches of all time, in the WWE, but, um, you know, there was plenty of, you know, impressive, you know, nice spots. I mean, there was a, know, obligatory twenty-foot ladder that Jeff Hardy obviously had to dive off of, and uh, that spot was very memorable.
0: Oh my um, god, that spot! Honestly, I just went, "Oh my god, no, please don't do that, no." Yeah. I, I just, I, I just saw broken bones. It's just <laughs> yeah. crazy. I could, you know, stand on, you know, the, the next to top rung. At least you're a bit more solid. But he goes to the very top, and it's wobbling as he's about to jump, and I'm just thinking you know one of these days it's it's just gonna go wrong please stop doing that it it was it was a hell of a spot wasn't
2: it oh yeah it was um you know he timed it well poor old uh, Cesaro he took the brunt of it and um (laughs) Seamus not so much but uh you know it it was was, um you know a great kind of way to kind of bring that match to an end Uh, and obviously uh Um, The end followed shortly thereafter when um, Matt Hardy was on top of another ladder and um, reclaimed those um, tag team titles that were hanging above the ring. And, uh, you know, it was just great that throughout the reactions to the Hardys uh, with delete Chance, you know, ringing throughout the arena, it was um, a really great sight. And um, the only shame was obviously Matt Hardy wasn't able to work his broken Matt Hardy gimmick. Obviously, there's still the... uh, Legal issue between, um, him and, uh, TNA. But, um, I think until that's resolved, you know, he'll kind of play this kind of watered down version of that gimmick that's, um, a bit more similar to what he used to do in WWE. Um, but I think, I think you can get away with that. And, you know, fans will happily chant delete, delete, delete. And, um, like to see TNA try and sue 70 odd thousand fans. But, um, that, that was, um, a welcome surprise and, uh, Led to a very, very great WrestleMania moment.
0: Yeah, it was, it was, it was a good feeling, actually. I I did quite enjoy it. I'd like to see TNA try and sue uh, Vince McMahon, actually. That would be kind of funny. The guy who just spent about $3 million on, uh, you know, the end of the stage. (laughs) The WrestleMania stage was worth more money than TNA. (laughs) So, yeah, go for it. Just go for it. Uh, I think that would be quite uh, humorous. it was a it was a good feel. It was a feel good moment for the night. It was it was a good surprise and it felt right and and I yeah enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. So it was a cracking match, like you say. So so um, interesting to see uh, what comes next from it. That that's certainly uh, one of the things I'll be looking forward to on Raw. Um, John Cena and Nicky Bella against uh, Miz and Maurice. I'm not really a fan of mixed tag team matches. I don't think they ever seem to, to be uh, particularly good. Th- this was, I suppose, just for them to have their moment and the set up for what we suggested could be happening quite some time ago. And, uh, John Cena popping the question. Well, that's
2: right. I mean, you know, you Andy have been speculating for a while that, um, WrestleMania might be the time and the place for John Cena to pop the question. And, uh, he did, but he actually said that he popped the question 18 months ago. And, um, that was when, um, he mentioned that Nikki Bella was in the hospital and, um, just about to all coming out of surgery. And, um, you know, so he, he asked the question again when, um, you know, she, uh, you know, had her full bearings and, um, you know, uh, she embraced Cena. She didn't say yes, but, uh, I took the embraces um as a yes and obviously the ring then went onto the finger um that that was so great because um you know that was a lovely real moment and um it silenced all the uh, booing towards cena which was as vociferous as ever um but you know even all those fans that boo cena um you know for a moment like that really (laughs) couldn't do so and um all of that stopped the match itself was really a nothing match um I mean, it was okay. It wasn't a bad match, but um, you know, it was just uh, just a match. That's all it was. And um, obviously, Cena and Nikki Bella won. They had to win, given you know, what was to follow. Um, but that you know, um, that moment there where Cena popped the question, Nikki Bella, um, and uh, Cena then um, embraced each other before embracing family members at ringside. No, it, it was it was a nice, nice kind of different type of thing that uh, we all got to enjoy, and um, no, that that was another, I guess, WrestleMania moment in its own right.
0: Yeah, I think I've got to be honest. I think some of the booing of John Cena now is kind of the ironic booing, you know, becoming along the lines of you know the fans singing, chanting, "You suck" along to Kurt Angle's music in an, an affectionate manner. So I yeah. do think John Cena's won a lot of people over during the past year to 18 months I think his performances and the way he was willing to to put over and help you know the guys coming up from NXT and, and other guys I think people recognise that now uh, and I do think some of the boon is kind of ironic and it's just they're just kind of part of the show now and that there's a there's some genuine respect there now which which is quite nice because it's a kind of recognition that you know Johnson really upped his game a few years ago and and cemented his place amongst the greats. So um, I don't doubt we'll see uh, we'll see another title reign from him in the future and uh, a massive wedding all over the network as well. So yeah, um, Seth Rollins and Triple H. Now um, we you know we we weren't one hundred percent sure quite what state Seth Rollins was going to be in and whether it would have an effect on the match. I've got to say I thought these two. Played the psychology of that injury so, so well. And Rollins kept with it all the time, you know, kept selling it here and there. They kept doing spots with it. This was a really good, solid match. I did enjoy the story that they told. And and nice, the the way that they put over the outcome as well, I think. Um, They really sort of beefed that in the pre-show, didn't they, about... Everyone thought Triple H was going to win, and and Roll- but Rollins has to win. He has to win. So uh, it was. That's I right, thought this yes. this was a real um, story. No, this storytelling
2: of that um, was good. Yes, it was. Yes, um, you know, I thought this was one match where the Coventry team, you know, you know really put that over very well. And um, you now the performances of the two as well in the match uh, were, you know, really really good. This was actually a better match than I, I thought it would be. I thought that they'd, um, have to, uh, work it very carefully given the knee injury, but, um, they had what was really, uh, you know, just a normal kind of match. And you wouldn't even know that, um, Seth Rollins had suffered a legitimate, serious knee injury only a few weeks ago. Um, so the fact that he was able to pull out a match like this it was really impressive. And I don't know if people noticed, but after the match, um, now he did seem quite emotional because, uh, obviously he had to miss. Last year's WrestleMania due to an injury and uh, was due to have a big match then. And, um, you know, this year's WrestleMania appearance for him also looked in doubt at 1.2 because of uh, another knee injury. So uh, the fact that he was able to get himself into some kind of shape to have a match and to have a match that um, I thought was ooh, second or third best match on the show um, you know, was, was really impressive. It had plenty of, you know, twists and turns, you know, had, um, a good build-up to it. You know, it was a very long match of about 25 plus minutes, but, um, you know, it really built up nicely, uh, went through the gears well. And, uh, the last few minutes, um, were really impressive and, you know, it had a lovely spot as well where Stephanie crashed through a table, which nobody expected to. So, um, you know, that, that got a fantastic reaction. And, um, yet again, it was, um, the old guard putting over the new and uh Seth Rollins you know had a great victory it was it was by far his best moment as a baby face um so I'm hoping that you know if, if um he does have to take a bit more time off to fully heal the knee injury that you know this could be the start of something positive in terms of his momentum because um his whole run as a face since he returned last year you know has really been disappointing so um This is the type of moment he needed to really try and get it back on track.
0: Yeah, I think he's just kind of coming together. I think he's really starting to find his feet as a a baby face. And yeah, this was quite a defining moment. So yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. It was was a high point of the show, one of the high points. Uh, But next up, I've got to say, was one of the low points. Randy Orton defeating Bray Wyatt. Uh, the crowd quickly lost interest in this, uh, and this was, I found it quite
2: disappointing. Yes, yeah, so did I, but I i wasn't um, surprised that it was a subdued kind of, sorry, a, a disappointing kind of match, because, um, you know, Bray Wyatt, more often than not, has these types of matches, and, um, you know, when he has really good matches, they're more the exception rather than the norm. Randy Orton is a great performer and has been for a number of years, but you know, he's just so dead to me now because, um, uh, I've just got so little interest in him as a character. He, he just does nothing for me whatsoever. And, you know, the same could be said of, you know, many fans. I mean, this was the match that possibly had the least reaction on the main card, um, and possibly second on the whole show in terms of, um, you know, a lack of reaction. Uh, fans just didn't care they just weren't interested and uh, you know even the RKO spots you know which in the past have got fantastic reactions really didn't get all that great reactions and um, you know it, it was just something that um, did nothing for me the build-up for it was really crap in the weeks leading up to the show as well which didn't help and um, the Orton character needs some major work he needs to cut I think he really needs to go and completely um, reinvent himself as a character in the way that Matt Hardy did. Uh, Matt Hardy went and looked at his character, all the different characters he had played in the WWE, and you know, completely tore up the book and um, came up with something radically different. And I think that's the only thing Randy Orton can do at this stage to make people care about him anymore because, um, you know, j- just being Somebody who can have great matches and being a good ring ring general and having you know somebody like a JBL talking about how great you are, you know, it's all well and good, but um, you know, you need a character and a personality and a, a gimmick to really get you over, um, even if you're an established star. And um, you know, he's really like several people, like you know, Dean Ambrose and Dolph Ziggler, you know, fallen victim to overexposure and uh, the the easy way around that. It is to kind of reinvent himself, but you know, whether he can do that or not, that's that's the big question.
0: Yeah, i I'm, I always felt that the dynamic to this was wrong. That we'd seen this before Randy Orton as the, as the baby face, Bray Wyatt as the heel. They were telling the same story if they'd switched it around because people, people still want to get behind Bray Wyatt, so why not embrace that? Allow Randy Orton to turn. Back to being a heel, the you know the maniacal heel, the dastardly heel. That that's that's the character he plays best. At least the fans might have had more interest in it and and willed, you know, what, why it to win and they've just been more interested generally. So it would have got more reaction. It would have garnered more in it. I just don't understand what there is to get from putting the putting the uh, the title on Orton again. I really. Don't quite see what's the to get from that unless they've got something major planned. But I guess we'll have to wait and see till uh, Tuesday night for that one. Uh, another title switch was the Universal title, uh, as we expected, and as Goldberg pretty much um, let out of the cat the, out of the bag on Twitter, you know, ask Goldberg <laughs> what are your plans for the next few months, you know, hit the gym, relax, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> so Brock Lesnar, Goldberg. Uh, it went longer than uh, a minute and a minute and a half. <laughs> we we actually got close to five minutes, uh, even though it was just jackhammers, spears, F5s and suplexes. This was better than it had any right to be and certainly better than what I had expected more. Um, what about yourself?
2: Oh, totally. Um, this was... The most pleasantly surprising match of the night by far um a lot of us thought okay it's going to last two or three minutes um it wouldn't really have a great deal to it but this was booked perfectly in terms of getting the most out of very little and um i thought you know kudos to both guys you know who uh, obviously had to pull it off but Again, to whoever came up with the idea of laying the match out in this way, um, you know, credit to them as well. You know, this had you know, great reactions throughout. And, um, you know, in my view, it, despite only being a sub five minute match was fourth or fifth best match of the night. And, you know, this is on a show that had a lot of good matches. So, um, you know, all credit to them. And, uh, you know, everyone obviously expected Brock Lesnar to win. Now, there was no surprise there. It was 1 to 40 on, I think, which is just crazy odds uh, for Lesnar to win. And, um, you know, it, it was uh, a fitting victory. And, um, you know, Goldberg, you know, took his bumps like a man and, uh, you know, he'll um, walk off into the sunset, you know, possibly forever. Who knows? We'll probably find out um, during tonight's Monday Night Raw. But, um, if this is the last we see of him, then at least he can say that, you know, he went out, um, on a positive note with a good performance, putting over someone Ryan um, a selfish kind of appearance, um, like one or two of the ones he's had, um, in recent months. But, uh, overall, this was about as good as we could have expected. So, uh, you know, thoroughly enjoyable.
0: Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And as we've already discussed, you know, the, the SmackDown women's title match. So the last night, the last match of the night now, as a bit of a theme here, as you've already mentioned, you know, some of the older guys, uh, part time guys, you know, putting over the newer guys, the younger guys coming through. And we got that at the end. Now Roman Reigns beating the Undertaker. I've got to say, I didn't think it was a particularly great match. I didn't expect a great match. Um I think Roman Reigns has certainly improved in the ring and he's 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 good now. But this didn't gel too well for me. They had some really scruffy spots, and and the Undertaker. It, it's a real shame because you think some of the classic matches he's had. You know, he was such a great performer, but he really showing his age and mobility issues now. That uh, the iconic that scenes that we that we saw at the end with him leaving his gear in the middle of the ring. You know, pretty much indicating that's it. Now he is done. I think that was definitely the time. You know, it, it, he couldn't have gone any further than this, um, and for him to go out at the, of re- the main event of WrestleMania putting over, you know, one of the next big names of the company, it's, it's, it's the fitting way to go out, don't you think? Oh, I think so. Yes.
2: Um, it was exactly the right way to, um, go out, you know, to put one of the younger guys over, you know, somebody who is, you know, pretty much young enough to be his son. I mean, there's a 20 years, 20 years age difference between, uh, Roman Reigns and, uh, The Undertaker and um had the Undertaker gone out on a winning note, I just felt that would have been the wrong thing to do for the business. And no, the Undertaker is somebody who is a company man and he's somebody who understands the wrestling business and uh he would have known he wouldn't have even needed to be asked, you know, to put Roman Reigns over. He would have been there to say, Look, I want to put Roman over, this is what I want to do um in my final match. And it appears to have been his final match. The fact that he symbolically left his, uh, ring gear in, in, the middle of the ring after the contest, um, would suggest that that's it for him. And, um, you know, the, the match itself would suggest that now is the time for him to go out. I mean, you know, his last couple of WrestleMania appearances, um, you know, certainly after that Brock Lesnar one seems to suggest that, um, you know, he physically wasn't um, able to kind of go in and have the kind of matches that he'd been having at Mania's, you know, in the, in the past. I mean, you know, as we talked about last week, um, had some classics, um, in the last 10, 12 years against the likes of Shawn Michaels. Um, but, you know, it just wasn't to be. I mean, physically, um, his body couldn't do what, um, his mind wanted to. And, uh, the, the way the match was laid out, I thought was, uh, pretty good, but a combination of, you know, take a, you know, physically not being able to do it, but also the crowd perhaps being burnt out after having sat there for six and a half hours. Um, you know, the reactions weren't all that strong either. And, uh, yeah, I agree. It wasn't, um, a particularly great main event, but it achieved what it needed to. Roman got over. Um, the only thing I, I think that they really should have done though is turn him heel and, um, Now, he certainly pulled out some heel antics in the match, but he didn't turn heel explicitly. And I mean, that's something that might be saving for tonight, um, on Monday Night Raw, but, um, no, that wasn't to be during the match. And, um, in a way, it's perhaps a good thing again, because, um, if he turned heel, then it would have cheapened the victory, but he went over clean over the Undertaker. Um, so there can be no kind of uh, complaints about that. And, um, You know, that that for me is the right thing to do because despite the reactions that Roman Reigns gets, um, I think he's a fantastic worker. He's got real star charisma, star presence. He's got an aura about him. And um, in my view, the reactions he gets are, you know, by far down to the fact that he wasn't Daniel Bryan in a Royal Rumble match two years and three months ago. And, And that's it. You know, if it was Daniel Bryan that won that contest, then Roman Range wouldn't have started to get so heavily booed during that match and then, um, thereafter. And, um, it's just a shame that it worked out in that way. Um, but, uh, he's a fantastic talent and, um, you know, th- this is the start of something. And, you know, I, I think that, um, at some point he has to turn heel. And when he does, you know, he's just going to be nuclear hot. And, um, you know, when that time comes, um, you know, he'll be a, a real asset and uh, carry the company for years to come
0: yeah I I mean I I think in some ways though when he was sort of put in that role rather than Daniel Bryan I don't think he was quite ready for it at the time and I think the fans knew it and felt as though he was kind of being pushed down their throat and that's why they rejected him so heavily Uh, and it's I, I guess a feeling that you know it's that fans versus Vince you know they're both being stubborn that you know, no, you, you, you know, neither of us are going to back down here. Uh, You know, the the response he got when he came out, it it was by far the biggest heel reaction of the night. The boos were deafening. Uh, And I think that there's a real opportunity here because I I think he worked quite heelish throughout the match. There was a, you know, he was quite sort of vocal, you know, really dismissive and then using the chair. There, There was lots of little things in there. I thought he worked you know, he worked more of a heel in this match. And I think there's just such a huge, huge opportunity now, you know, because with the best will in the world, you know, after beating The Undertaker and retiring The Undertaker at WrestleMania, if they try and get him over as a baby face now, it, the fans will just reject it even more so. So I think there's never been a better opportunity, like you said, you know, Monday Night Raw, come out and just crow about the victory. Uh, And that's it. He's he's a heel. He's hot as hell, and you know he'll probably be the hottest guy in the company right there and then. That's what they wanted, wasn't it? They want him. They see him as being the biggest star in the company. Well, you know, you know, turn him heel. Let him let just let him have fun, relax, go out there. You know, say what he wants to say, like The Rock did years and years ago. He'll take off. You can just strap a rocket to his back and he will be hot as hell, like I said. And this potentially could be exciting times ahead for Roman Reigns and and exciting times for WWE and especially looking forward to Raw tonight as we record this. But more, I think it's all on what they do with him at Raw tonight. I, I think there's just so much riding on this because I just feel that you know, what they've done here, the way that it was booked. this now presents them with the opportunity. If they don't take it, it I, I think it's going to be so, so
2: difficult. Well, I think so, yes. Um, they need something significant for Raw. It can't just be another show with you know, a couple of appearances. I mean, obviously, um, we're expecting Finn Balor to return. Um, there might be Shinsuke Nakamura making his debut as well on the main roster um might be one or two really good matches but they really need a big um storyline um segment as well and uh you know they need something for roman reigns coming off of the back of that victory it's a historic victory you know only two men in history have beaten the undertaker in wrestlemania and that leads us on to the speculation for 34 wrestlemania 34 and the talk is is that that will be Roman Reigns against uh, Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship and they're going to start booking it from tonight. Now if that's the case um, I I, I think that that, that's uh, another lost opportunity because why take 12 months to build that match up when uh, they can save it, sorry not save it but actually have it take place at SummerSlam or maybe in the next couple of months and um, do something special now because Waiting for 12 months means that they just have to keep it, um, dragged out and it doesn't allow them to really hit the button straight away. And, uh, that, that, that we'll just have to see. I mean, they might have a really clever way of working it, but, um, you know, it, it might be that they don't just hit the button in terms of turning fully fledged hill just yet because they might just want to work he and Brock as tweeners. Um, that fans can decide to boo and cheer who they like. And, um, you know, they'll keep him on the fence for at least another year and maybe turn him heel next year to WrestleMania. But, um, no, for me, the time is now. And I think, in fact, the reactions they want out of fans for Roman, they would get if they turn him heel, ironically. But, um, they just don't seem keen to do that with, um, people that they, um bring uh, bring up and almost are their chosen ones and it was john cena 10 12 years ago and just never ever relented in their um intention not to turn him heel and um, i think it possibly could be the same with romans but i just feel that's a mistake you know turning him heel can as you say you know get him over fantastically like um nobody we've seen for you know many years and um when he gets super over turning back face again but um you know we'll we'll just have to wait and see anything can happen tonight on Monday Night Raw and and just um Uh, just uh, a closing comment about The Undertaker I mean if that was his last match what an incredible career No, I I started watching him in WCW as Mean Mark Callis um and uh, you know in those days he was just um, a tall guy um who had an impressive spot walking the rope and that was it and then he turned up in the WWE, WWF as it was then, as the Undertaker Survivor Survivor series of that year. And um I wasn't his biggest fan style because I thought um he worked in such a you know pardon the pun stiff style, you know, um it was something that didn't lend itself well at all to um working a great match. But he um evolved that gimmick, the character and improved as a worker as well and um Certainly, um, after his first eight, nine, ten years, um, he, you know, turned into a heck of a worker. Um, but I mean, even before then, it was really his matches against Bret Hart around 97 that he was starting to show that actually he's a really good worker in his own right. And, uh, you know, as we came into the noughties, um, you know, some of his uh, matches at WrestleMania and other shows were you know legendary and, um, now, one of the all-time great careers in the WWE, if not the all-time greatest, and um, you know he's somebody who's uh, certainly made his mark in the WWE. And uh, you know if he allows it, then um, he's a surefire um, inductee to a future WWE Hall of Fame.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely one of the all-time greats, and, and fitting as well that he he had his last match called by one of the 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 all-time great commentators, uh, Jim Ross yeah, a fitting end to the night in in some ways. So, I mean, overall, yeah, we we both enjoyed the show um, more. So, if if I had to ask you to pick out your your best match and your your high point of the show, what would they be?
2: Um, well, for the, my best match, I would go with the ladder match. Um, I thought it was really good, um, and uh, obviously, of all of the match on the show that was the one that the crowd went to the most. Um, but that was because uh, my moment of the show is a reason for the, uh, those reactions. And that was the uh, long awaited return of Matt and Jeff Hardy. And um, you know, that was a pleasant surprise. And uh, you know, the one that got the biggest reaction by far on the show and uh, what a return it was. And uh, hopefully it would re- result in some fantastic TV Um involving the Broken Matt Hardy gimmick um, in the weeks and months to come. So, uh, you know, it was, um, you know, overall, uh, I thought a really, really good show. And as I say, for people that thought it was a poor show, I just don't know what show you're watching.
0: Yeah, this is, I've got to say, look, you know, we have been critical of WWE many times. I certainly have. And like you say, you know, <clears throat> I was very underwhelmed by last year's WrestleMania that some people enjoyed I didn't like it much. I really enjoyed this one. I thought it was very good. So it's credit where it's credit's due. And you know, it wasn't back to back amazing matches, but there was lots of good matches. There was very few poor matches, and it was just a big spectacle. It was there was everything in there. It was just, it, it was just an all round as a package as a show. It was very very good. Great evenings entertainment. A bit too long for my liking, but really really good really enjoyable and more I've got to say uh, on a final point before we go I am really looking forward to Raw and Smackdown now that for me is the telling thing from the from the end of a pay-per-view are you looking forward to the next you know the 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 week the television that that uh, comes after it and I really am
2: oh yes absolutely um well I'm More excited than I have been for a long time to watch Raw and Smackdown this week. There's so many different directions they can go in. There's so many big storyline advancements that they can kind of pull out there I mean, involving the likes of Roman Reigns. Brock Lesnar is the new universal champion. Now, there's a, the angle that we've talked about, about the potential for an NXT-type stable involving Samojo and others. Um, there's potential for um, a shuffle of the rosters on Raw and Smackdown, possibly um, another draft. Um, you know, so the possibilities are limitless. And obviously, there's, you know, the long awaited debut of Shinsuke Nakamura that we're all hoping, um, <laughs> takes place this week. And, uh, you know, the long awaited return of Finn Balor, too. So, um, you no, know, if there's one thing that uh, you, you'll have to say, World well, SmackDown will be, whether you like the shows or not, um, you have to say that they'll be eventful. I'm, I'm sure of it. So, uh, you know, that that's why. We're going to have to convene again later in the week, Andy, and uh, talk about those two events. Yeah, we most certainly are.
0: We more certainly are. Yeah, it's um, <clears throat> yeah, this will not be your only offering of uh, PW Index for this week. Uh, like Mo said, yeah, we will get back together later in the week. We'll have another show. Uh, to reflect on uh, on the television, then Raw, SmackDown, and should anything happen on NXT, but I doubt it because they normally tape them around the same thing. It's a bit of a non-entity for a couple of weeks, but yeah, mostly reflect on Raw, and SmackDown, see what changes have happened, and uh, just enjoy it all, really. So that that wraps us up here, anyway, yeah, for this WrestleMania reaction show. We we certainly hope you've enjoyed it uh, as much as you enjoyed the WrestleMania show because we certainly did. But um, my thanks to Mo Chatra once again for being my uh, broadcast tag team partner. We had fun, and we will certainly be doing it again later in the week. Um, but until then, don't forget, get in touch with us uh, at pw underscore index. That's our Twitter handle. Do get in touch with us. Send us your views, what you thought about the show, or what you thought about WrestleMania, what you think about Raw and about SmackDown, whether or not you agreed with our views on on the show. Uh, we'll, we'll bring them up uh, later in the week on that show as well. We'll talk all of that. But for tonight, for this one, that's all done. So from me and the um thanks to, to Mochatra. Thanks to all of you for listening and downloading. But until later in the week from uh, the Pro Wrestling Index, it's bye bye now.